0: Previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. After finishing his ninja training, Ryu Hayabusa is given a letter from his long-lost father. What Ryu doesn't know is that 13 years earlier, his father and his trusty sidekick, Dr. Wimple, had stumbled upon a pair of rare artifacts. Unfortunately, a demonic warrior stopped the two doctors right in their tracks, forcing Dr. Wimple to flee and killing Ryu's father. Will we learn what those ancient artifacts are for? Will Ryu begin his cross-country adventure? Will Ryu's mom come to her senses and realize that she shouldn't let a 13-year-old boy fly across the country killing people? Find out now when we continue our journey into Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 7 Ryu looked up at the sign above the wrought iron gate, Galesburg University. This was the place, Galesburg, New Mexico, home of Dr. Walter Smith. It had been a long trip. After reading his father's letter, Ryu had taken the first flight from Tokyo to Los Angeles. At the airport, he had spent two solid hours at the payphone tracking down Dr. Smith's address. The bus ride from L.A. to Galesburg had felt as if it would go on forever. Now, finally, he was here. He stepped through the gate, seeing the fresh mowed lawn surrounded by ivory-covered buildings. He could barely control his excitement. Would Dr. Smith know about his father? Would he know what happened to him? Was the... Suddenly, Ryu was jerked backwards. Where do you think you're going, pal? Ryu looked up. The voice belonged to a campus security guard. There was one on either side of him, gripping the sleeves of his solid black ninja uniform. To see Dr. Smith... Ryu replied calmly. A nut, the other guard said to his partner. They get younger all the time. I hope that thing is rubber, the other one said. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. The sword. That's what they were looking at. Ryu laughed. No, no, you don't understand. This is an ancient ninja weapon. I'm not going to use it. It's it's for Dr. Smith's archaeology project. Go ahead and call him. Tell him that Ryu Hayabusa is here. He'll he'll let me in. The guards exchanged an uneasy glance. Look, kid, the first one said. I don't care if you're Bruce Lee. No weapons on campus. Besides, the other one added, he isn't here. Where is he? Ryu asked. None of your business. Ryu could have created a scene. He, he could have battled the guards and won easily. But in a situation like this, it was best to use his head. Nodding politely to the guard, Ryu turned away. He checked his watch, which read one If Dr. Smith really wasn't on campus, chances were he'd be having lunch somewhere. He walked a short distance to the center of Galesburg. It's Main Street had a few small stores, a bus stop, and a car wash. At the end of the street, separated from the car wash by a narrow alleyway, was a restaurant called Jay's. Rock music throbbed from the windows of Jay's. It didn't seem like the place for a distinguished professor, but you never know. When Ryu walked in, he felt bombarded by sound. Almost every table was full of people laughing and talking as loud as they could. At the bar, there was a rowdy crowd, about two deep. Ryu walked up to the waitress, who was filling out a check at the bar. "'Excuse me,' he said. "'Have you seen the Dr. Walter Smith here? "'He's a professor back at the, the university and down the street.' "'Oh, you just missed him,' she replied. "'Left for the parking lot a couple of minutes ago.' "'Thank you very much,' Ryu said. "'Thank you very much,' a voice mimicked to his right.' It was a high-pitched sing-song mocking. Ryu ignored him and turned away. Love your sword, the voice added. Did you save up a lot of box tops to get it? There was a roar of laughter from the bar. Ryu turned around. Leering him from under a red baseball cap was a tall, broad-shouldered guy with a toothpick in his mouth, about two hundred pounds. Ryu estimated. Weightlifter, probably in his 20s. Excuse me, Ryu said. You're excused, the guy said. He removed the toothpick from his mouth. But first, I challenge you to a duel! He lunged at Ryu, using the toothpick as a sword. Ryu stepped aside. His reflexes went to work. When the attacker's arm was fully extended, Ryu pushed it sharply. At the same time, he stuck his leg in the man's path. With a grunt of surprise and pain, the attacker fell to the floor. There was a sudden hush at the bar. "'Flatten the dude, bozo!' somebody called out. "'Take it outside, fellas!' the bartender warned. Springing to his feet, Bonzo was flush with anger. "'I'll be happy to take it outside!' he said through his clenched teeth. If this wimp will come with me. Ryu nodded. If that's what you want, but you have to put away your toy. If you mean my sword, Ryu said, I'd be happy to face you without it. Bonzo rolled up his sleeves. Okay, buddy, let's go. He began walking to the door. Instantly five muscular men rose from the stool at the bar. Ryu felt that they were facing the front line of the Dallas Cowboys. He followed outside and into the alleyway behind the building. The others clomped behind him. Scraps of food and paper littered the alleyway. Three small animals scurried under the hulking old dumpster. When Ryu stopped, he was surrounded by the men. In the shadow of the restaurant. They were dark and faceless. "'Sword off!' Bonzo demanded. Ryu looked around calmly. "'I thought this was going to be a fair fight.' He began unhooking his belt. "'But I learned a long time ago that fighting a gang of cowards is much easier than finding one honest opponent.' Bonzo's party tensed with fury. "'That does it! Get him, boys!' At once, they all jumped toward Ryu, fist flying. Ryu fell to the ground and rolled away. Still clutching his sword, he came to his feet in the clear, several yards away. He was close to the alley's entrance. If he wanted to, he could just run away. Instead, he faces bewildered attackers and said, What would your coach say about that move? Snarling, they ran toward him. Stop! A voice suddenly shouted from behind Ryu. The men all obeyed. Their eyes were wide with shock. Ryu spun around. He came face to face with a beautiful young woman, not much older than he was. It wasn't her the men were shocked to see. It was the pistol in her hand pointed at Ryu. Ryu was a ninja, but even a ninja wasn't invulnerable. And he didn't even have time to think before she shot him. Point blank. Chapter 8 White light. Above him, to the side of him, below him, everything was white. Something passed in front of him. He could tell by the slight shift in the room's air, by the gradation of darkness that went slowly by. After all, a ninja was a ninja, alive or. Ryu couldn't finish that sentence even in his thoughts. He struggled to open his eyes, but he couldn't. He tried to move his hand, but they were locked. When he attempted to speak, his mouth, it, it, it wouldn't budge. Whatever was in the room moved. It was coming closer. It had a voice. Ryu? The white light moved and flickered. Ryu saw a sharp outline, light fixture. Then Nothing. He realized his eyelids were fluttering. "Ryu Hayabusa, if you can hear me, nod your head." Ryu felt waves of pain and nausea as he tried to obey. "Oh!" He managed to groan. He was alive, and he still had his sword. He, he could feel it by his side. Slowly he sat up. He was in a small white room with a fluorescent light above. There were no windows just an air conditioning vent. The girl was standing before him, the one who had shot him. She waited patiently for his eyes to settle on her. Then she thrust a small, heavy sack into his right hand. Take this, she said. Don't ask any questions, just just run. Uh, who, who are you? Rhi began to ask. If you want to live, then go, she said, cutting him off. Her tone of voice meant business. Clutching the sack, Ryu ran out the door. His footsteps clattered against the metal floor of the long, dark hallway. He breathed stale, musty air, and in the distance, he could hear a shrill siren, probably an alarm of some sort. He wound his way through a maze of hallways. At the end of one, there was a long stairway leading upwards. At the bottom step, he looked over his shoulder. No one was following he was in luck. He sprinted up the stairs in a heavy steel door. Pushing it open, he stepped outside. The door opened to the back of a tiny cave. Surrounded by total darkness, Ryu felt his way along the craggy walls. When he got to the cave's opening, he walked out to the sun-baked New Mexico desert. The cave was on the side of a long, flat mesa. About a mile to his right, the town of Galesburg lay in the foothills of the Sandia Mountains. Ryu ran towards the town. When he was sure that no one was following him, he opened up the sack that he had been given. Inside was a small statue made of some black substance that looked like marble. It had the shape of a dragon, hunched and snarling. Probably some smuggled sculpture, he thought. He decided to hold on to it. After he saw Dr. Smith, he could take it to the police station. This time, when he got to the university gate, the guards weren't so unfriendly. "'What did you say your name was?' the first one asked. "'Ryu Hayabusa,' Ryu answered. "'That's what Dr. Smith said,' the other one interjected. "'He mentioned my name?' Ryu asked, confused. "'I told him some kid with with some kind of Japanese-sounding name.' The first one replied. I tried to remember it. I, I got as far as high, uh, you know. His eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. The second one added with a smile. I guess he knows you. Go on in. First building on your left, room 217. Thanks. Ryu ran across the crawd range into the building. He knocked on the door to the room 217 then turned the knob and entered. The first thing he noticed were the maps. Dozens of them, plastered on the walls, strewn all over the surface. There were floors and ceilings, bookshelves and walls, stacked with papers, magazines, tapes, books, and posters. And in the center of it all, a rumpled old man with a thick white beard and a pot belly. His piercing eyes stared through a thick wire-rimmed glasses. He seemed to be examining Ryu, as if for an interrogation. But when he spoke, his voice was soft, almost tender. You look just like your father, was all he said. Ryu walked up to his desk. You, you knew him? You, you knew him, didn't you? He said. You know what happened to him. Please sit, Dr. Smith said, gesturing to the chair. I can't. Emotions were coursing through Ryu like electric connections. He wanted to jump with joy. He wanted to ask Dr. Smith a thousand questions at the same time. The last thing he wanted to do was sit. Dr. Smith nodded. I don't blame you. He sat back in his chair. A trace of a smile emerged from behind his beard. You know, I almost thought Plan F would have failed. I was beginning to think I'd never meet you. And now, here you are. Grown. Handsome. Strong. Exactly the way your father always imagined you would be. And of all times for you to come. you couldn't stand it any longer. Please, Dr. Smith! He pleaded, tell me what I'm doing here. Tell me what happened to my father. Very well, my boy. Dr. Smith picked up a pipe from his desk and stood up, began pacing the room, every once in a while taking a deep puff. To begin with, I'm not Dr. Smith at all. At least, I wasn't until Plan B took effect 13 years ago stopped and looked at Ryu in the eye. Ryu, my name is Randolph Wimple. He went on without stopping for an hour. He told all about the expedition 13 years ago, about the tablet, about the inscription, the fearsome creature whose shield was marked with a J, the thugs at the hotel. Before his ears, Ryu's father was coming to life. He could imagine his dad sacrificing himself so that Dr. Wimple and the statues could go on. He could picture the fight with the the lightning-grabbing monster in the jungle. Yet, somehow, he still couldn't believe his father had lost. Even though he'd never met his dad, he felt like he knew him. And the man that he knew wouldn't let himself get killed. Ryu put the thought out of his mind. It was just a pipe dream. All that mattered was vengeance. And so, Dr. Smith said, we had thought of six emergency plans in advance. Plan F was only to be used in case of extreme danger. That is to say, if the mission was a failure and one of us didn't survive. And if there was a chance of retaliation. In Plan F... The survivor would change his identity and relocate. We chose our names in advance. Mine would be Walter Smith. And. and that's why I was able to locate you? Ryu said. The note that was left to me. It said. it said only if Plan F was in effect. A smart man, your dad, Dr. Smith replied. In the midst of battle against that, thing, he had enough wits about him to call out for the plan. He was smart enough to realize that someone might try to come after the statues, and he knew that someday you'd find me. The light statue, Ryu suddenly said. The the one that wasn't stolen. Do you have it? Dr. Smith pointed to the painting on the wall. Behind that painting, there is a very secure wall safe, the light statue has been here for 12 years, ever since I got the job here. I have reason to believe that there are forces who would like to have the statue, but they haven't been able to track me down. Perhaps they're still looking for a man named Wimple. Who would they be, art collectors? Dr. Smith moved close to Ryu. His voice suddenly became hush. Ryu. I have done much research since my expedition with your father. Back then, I laughed at the idea of a sleeping demon. I have since found that it does exist. Ryu gave him a skeptical look. Now, I'm not a crackpot, Ryu. Far from it. The demon lies in a huge rock mesa near the Peruvian Andes. I've also studied all the inscriptions and the legend that pertain to Shinobi's fight in the 13th century, and I have calculated that the demon is scheduled to awake soon. The time of the dark moon is near! The man must be shell-shocked, Ryu thought. Still, there was something so cool and rational in his voice. How near? he asked. There was a a glint in Dr. Smith's eyes. This is why your visit today is so remarkable. If my figures are correct, the day of the dark moon, the 700th anniversary of the demon's hibernation, will occur tomorrow. Ryu let that sink in. It seemed too unreal. Too much like a fairy tale. So, so, what does that mean, Dr. Smith? The world is going to just explode or something? Dr. Smith smiled. No, tomorrow you and I can celebrate in your father's name. The world will be safe, as long as I have the light statue away from the temple. Ryu lifted his sack and put it on Dr. Smith's desk. For what it's worth, he said, lifting out the shining black figurine, you have both statues. Dr. Smith stared. His jaws went slack. Slowly, he approached it with disbelief. How did you get this? He said, his voice barely audible. Package for Dr. Smith, a voice shouted at the doorway. A helmeted postal worker walked in, carrying a shoulder sack. He walked briskly towards the desk. Oh, Dr. Smith exclaimed jumping for surprise. I wasn't expecting! The man threw down a clipboard. Sign here! The statue was now shielded from Ryu by the man's body. Ryu began walking around the desk. He didn't want to let the figurine out of his sight. As Dr. Smith grabbed for a pen from his pocket, the man bolted for the door. See ya, fellas! He called out. The dark statue was gone. (laughs) to be continued. Game hint. To beat Bloody Moth, get right next to him and start throwing your small stars. Don't stop. When you run out, run at him and use your sword. And now an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, Well, 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 it looks like you finally listened to me when I suggested you bring back Dr. Wimple. After all, it's pretty much the only interesting character in the whole book. But hey, I have to admit, despite the fact that you spent all your time on Ryu, I have to say this was easily the best chapter yet. Not not only did we get more Wimple, but you also got to witness a, a fight that involved a toothpick. How cool is that? And I just love how Ryu seems to get into fights for no reason. Like that, that Bonzo character. There's there's absolutely no reason why this guy wants to get into a fight with Ryu High I mean there's no reason at all. Yet yet in, in your world, he ignores the fact that he's talking to a thirteen year old dressed up like a ninja, complete with a ninja sword. I don't know. I don't know who this Bonzo guy is, but if he's willing to take on a thirteen year old with a ninja sword, then then maybe you did the right thing by giving him that ridiculous name. But let's not ignore how utterly stupid this whole thing is. Getting past the fact that you are a 13-year-old traveling around the world to get revenge for your father, there's still the little matter of him being in a ninja costume. Look, I get it. Ninjas are cool, and people that look like ninjas are cool. Oh yeah, and ninja costumes, they're cool too. But but when you're trying to sneak into a college campus, it will probably make more sense if you just dressed normally. Of course the security guards are going to stop you. You're dressed completely in black, and you have a ninja sword. Apparently, in your world, ninjas always dress up like ninjas, just like, I assume, cops always dress up in their uniform, astronauts are always sporting that that bulky uh, space suit they have, and strippers are always naked yet you wish. It makes complete sense. He may be able to harness all of his senses at once, but he doesn't have the most important sense of them all. Common sense. Seriously, put on some jeans and pick up his shirt at the Gap. All you're doing is asking for trouble when you dress up like a ninja. And while I have your attention, I'm starting to notice that all of the game hints all sound the same. You basically just keep telling people to throw ninja stars and then use your sword. Well, don't you think people could have figured that out on their own? I'm surprised you haven't suggested plugging the control in. Maybe you should leave the pro tips to the nice people at Nintendo tip line. After all, I'm sure that they would love to answer your gameplay question about Ninja Gaiden. Anyway, thanks for uh, for these solid chapters, uh, especially after last week's abbreviated episode. Can't wait to see what you come up with next, especially if it involves Dr. Wimple. Maybe calling him Mr. Smith now, but uh, he's always going to be Dr. Wimple to me. Uh, thanks for taking this letter. I'll talk to you uh, later. I'll see you soon. Uh, yours truly, Sir Lachelle.